Welcome to the Horsewise Podcast with Lynn Reardon, where we share stories of horses and people and what they teach each other. On today's episode, I talk about a classic paradox in the horse world, where working at the wrong things actually turns out to be a huge benefit at times. I hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. Today, I'd like to talk to you about the concept of working at the wrong thing and how it actually can be really helpful for moving forward and making progress with your horse. I discovered this whole kind of concept when I was watching a clinic several years ago. It was taught by a great teacher. And as usual, he was kind of watching all of the riders go around in the ring. It was a big outdoor ring, really beautiful place. And I noticed that the riders were very diverse. There were, you know, cutting horse riders, there were dressage riders, there were jumpers, there were barrel racers, everything, all, t- all types of breeds and, and riders represented. And so it was really fun to watch. And there was one horse in particular that caught my eye. It was a very tall, warm blood gelding, very beautiful mover, very powerful horse. And his rider was a woman who obviously had many, many years expertise in dressage. She had a really kind of good seat. She was very confident and she just seemed to match that horse in every respect. But there was one kind of thing that wasn't maybe working between the two of them. And that was that the horse would get really tight going from trot to canter transitions. And uh, you get a little bit, I would say, braced up and maybe even a little, it wasn't exactly explosive, but almost acting like the horse could decide to explode. So all of you who've ridden horses that are a little volatile know what I mean. It's not so much that something's happening in that moment, but you feel like at any moment, like the lid's about to pop off. Now that horse never did do that, but you could tell that it was sort of on the table, sort of on the menu, so to speak, and the rider could feel it too. And the clinician kind of watched the rider and uh, as did we all, and as I watched, I could kind of see that the rider was very tight in her knees. And, uh, and just in case you think I'm being sort of morally superior, I have a very flamboyant lower leg that kind of does all kinds of disco dance moves that it's not supposed to be doing. So it's not as though I have like the perfect leg myself, but I happen to notice because I typically Fortunately for me, I'm not tight in the knee. I just have this rambling lower leg. So I noticed that, that that seemed to be a little bit of a pattern between the two of them. And of course, when the horse would go into the canter transition, she would maybe be inclined to clamp down a little bit more. And uh, so, so that seemed like it was a pretty straightforward thing. And I waited for the clinician to tell her that, to tell her, hey, you need to loosen your knee. But he never did. And then uh, she kind of was trying these canter transitions and they weren't quite working out and she'd sort of retry them. She's really trying to follow along with the rest of the class. And she was a very like kind of, uh, I would say cooperative rider, really trying to give it her all. And, uh, at one point she raised her hand and she said to the clinician, Hey, I'm not sure what to do here. I can tell that this isn't really like working for him, but I don't know what to change in myself or how, how do I help him? And the teacher was like, hey, well, go ahead and just start trotting around. You know, we'll we'll all stand here in the middle and you can have the whole ring to yourself and just kind of trot around on the rail. And then I want you to start asking for canter transitions. And then she was like, oh, well, it might be a little bit not so good. And he's like, that's okay. It doesn't matter if it's not so good. Just go ahead and kind of practice those canter transitions. And he would have her kind of move the horse out and go for the canter transition. 
And, uh, and of course it was kind of going along in the same old way. And then he would ask her periodically, do you notice anything? And she would be like, well, I'm not sure. He just seems like he really wants to surge forward. And he was like, well, you know, why don't you experiment with different things with your legs? And she was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, I mean, why don't you just change your position a little bit, see what happens. But he didn't give her any more than that. He didn't say to her, loosen your knee up. And so she started to experiment a little bit and here and there, move her leg a little differently. And you could tell the horse was interested in what she was doing. Wasn't quite sure what she was doing, um, but he was interested. And then at one point, she, by chance, experimented with loosening her knee and that horse immediately responded to it. It wasn't like he went into the most beautiful, like collected canter ever, but compared to his maybe more semi-explosive transitions, it was clearly you know, a step in the right direction. And, and the clinician was like, Hey, that looks good. That's a good start. That was a good try on the part of the horse. And he said, what changed? And she's like, I don't know. And he said, well, go ahead and try it again. See if you can f- figure out what changed. And eventually she figured out, she said, I think it's my knee. And he's like, Oh, that's interesting. Why don't you keep trying that out some more? And sure enough, by the end of about I me, mean, it was maybe all of 10 10 minutes at the most, she had figured out that it was her knee and she loosened it up and the horse responded and she realized that she had been so worried about that sort of more tense kind of explosive canter depart that she had been bracing with her body in anticipation of having to hold him back immediately. And, and she clamped down with her knee. Now she was a very good rider. So she was able to get away with that, right? Like another rider who wasn't as skillful, maybe would have totally lost their balance or whatever. She was a very strong athletic rider. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. And I wondered, why didn't he just tell her? Why didn't he just tell her, hey, loosen your knee? And I realized that this teacher often talked about, it's okay to maybe have a person or a horse work at the wrong things. He said that he really actually likes that sometimes to see a rider working at the wrong things, even if they're working kind of hard at the wrong things. And what I came to understand is that let's say you have a problem like I do. You have a flamboyant lower leg and you've had that always as a rider and you're in a clinic and a teacher says to you, Hey, quit moving that lower leg around like a disco dancer. Well, that kind of abrupt comment, even if it's a hundred percent accurate, you might perceive that as wrong just because it's it is true in a sense, like we all kind of know that things are a little off, but it, it maybe just feels like too, too intensely direct. And so we literally can't hear, hear that advice. Instead, we tend to get kind of defensive and we've never felt that lower. I've never felt my lower leg being like disco based. I mean, I do now, but back in the day before I realized I had a disco lower leg, I never really perceived it that way. I had no sense of that was what was going on. But if instead you ask someone to experiment with their leg and see how things change, eventually what happens is that the rider will go, hey, I noticed by chance that when I loosen my knee or in my case, calm down my flamboyant leg, my horse softens up quite a lot. And in that sense, you end up discovering for yourself what works and and what doesn't work. You're not just relying on what the teacher tells you. Another element is if the teacher tells you, hey, loosen your knee, maybe you don't think the teacher's quite right about that. You would maybe loosen your knee a little bit. And if it didn't work immediately, you'd say, oh, the teacher was wrong about that. You wouldn't take the time to sort of figure it out on your own. 
So that's kind of the difference between someone just telling you to do something and you not really actually learning it or getting the feel of it yourself. You have to kind of come to these conclusions yourself and only you can feel it. The teacher can't make you feel it. So that's a really kind of a a fun way to think about things. So if you feel like, you know, you're in a clinic or in a lesson and, and your teacher's asking you to experiment with things rather than telling you what you're, quote, doing wrong, you have a really good teacher and you should really enjoy that fact. Um, and also enjoy experimenting because that's how you'll discover the answer. Now, as always, the things that are true for people tend to always be true for horses. So I often work with horses that are a little tense and braced. I particularly like to work with uh, war horses, race horses that have retired at an older age from the track, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. And they tend to have a lot of braces in their body and in their jaw. And in general, they have sort of a, an interesting idea of what moving forward should be like, what work should be like. And most of the time, it's not super relaxing or mellow for them. And what I have learned is that rather than sort of saying to the horse, hey, you're doing it wrong, I want to make you do this, I'm going to push you into this position, and you just, you just better do it. Instead, what I do is I might let them work a little bit at the wrong thing, where let's say maybe they're, 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 they're bracing or they're, they want to counterbend. Well, I'll make that difficult for them, or it's maybe not really feeling so good to them, but I won't shut them down completely and say, you can't make that mistake. Horses are kind of like people. They have to, they have to sort of discover for themselves what feels better and what doesn't. And you sort of set it up so that they can discover that just like the teacher did with the rider. You set it up as a, as with your horse so that let's say your horse has a lot of trouble stepping his left front leg out and forward. He doesn't want to reach that foot. He wants to kind of stay planted on it. Well, you can kind of work it out in such a way that when that horse experiments with that just a little bit, just kind of takes you up on that offer just a little bit, it might be even like a quarter of an inch that he moves that foot that you release and let him kind of feel that that was the direction you were hoping that he would find. If he keeps bracing, well, there are all kinds of things you can do to make it difficult for him to keep bracing, but you wouldn't get mad at him and punish him and make him feel like he couldn't ever make a mistake. He has to sort of discover what is the right, kind of the right way to go with it on his own. And then he starts to trust you because, of course, if he takes that left front foot and steps it out and, and kind of reaches with it, it helps his right hind step underneath him. And he might have a smooth step or two that way. And then he'd be like, hey, that feels really good. And, and my person just set that up for me. And, but I discovered it. But you didn't make him do it, if that makes sense. So a lot of times um, when we want to change something in our riding, we maybe work extra hard at it. And sometimes you might be working just a little too hard at the wrong thing and just sort of give yourself that, that moment to go, hey, maybe this is an area where I need to experiment a little bit rather than trying so hard to do the same thing over and over again. And then when you work with your horse and you maybe see your horse doing the same thing, you might have a little more kind of empathy and compassion for that horse and try to help him discover it like maybe a good teacher would help you. I hope you've enjoyed this sort of philosophical rambling on the concept of working too hard at the wrong things, but how that also can help you. And as always, I thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.